Hello and welcome to Pure Championship, the podcast from Pure Fitbot, purely focusing on the greatest league in the world, the Scottish Championship. I'm Chris Sampson and I'm joined by Cammy Anderson. Hello Cammy. it's been a while hasn't it? Yeah Chris, uh, hi, it's, it's been a while, we were talking off, off like before we started recording and said it's been a good few months, so absolutely fantastic to be back and looking forward to the new season after a really long time off. Yeah definitely, how much have you missed the football? Massively. I mean, I've managed to kind of get my football fix watching other leagues, but nothing really compares to the Scottish Championship, which, as you say, is the greatest league in the world. So, so yeah, hopefully the next few weeks go in quite quickly and we're back chatting Championship action in, in no time. Obviously, as if Scottish football, we thought it couldn't get crazier than the Scottish Championship, as we've seen in the last few seasons. But um, while we've been on lockdown, I think Scottish football has been getting uh, even crazier. Um, but yeah, I think that will probably uh, resume when the Scottish Championship returns as well. Um, we know we've got a while yet until that match actions returns. Um, but we wanted to come back today, just have a few chat uh, about a few things. Uh, first things first, the 2020-2021 fixtures were released to get that excitement going for us all. Um, that sees there being 27 games uh, of the next season. Half of the league got 13 home fixtures, the other half got 14. Season begins on October the 17th and ends on April the 30th. Uh, I think there will be playoffs again, but we're not sure uh, quite on, on dates on them yet. Um, what jumped out? at you, Cammy, uh, on the fixtures? I think kind of the main one, especially from the first fixture kind of card, would be the kind of grudge match between Hearts and Dundee. Obviously, the whole miss, kind of missing the vote and obviously Hearts now being relegated and all that. I mean, I think that's just, whether that's been purposely done just to kind of get things going in a good kind of way, I don't know. But I mean, I think that's absolutely fantastic that the fixture gods have managed to place those two sides and what I guess is just going to be an absolute hammering between them because I mean, I've gone by social media, neither club's fans exactly like the other, so it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I think uh, it is the obvious standout with the, with the beef involved there. Um, I think Dundee, even through Hearts, a bit of shade in their tweet announcing that being their opening fixture um, by calling them relegated Hearts. Um, so that should be an absolute cracker on the opening day. Um, just to round off that opening day, we've got Wraith, uh, our broth as well. So obviously newly promoted Wraith, League One winners. Um, Air against Queen of the South. We've got Morton at home against Halloa and then Dunfermline against Inverness. Um, I mean, we're not going to review those now because there's literally so much time to go until they actually come. And I think most of the squads are, are very, I don't think any of them are complete yet. Um, and barely even close to being complete. Um, but we have picked out a few things from from each of our side's uh, fixtures, haven't we, Cammy? Why don't you see what jumped out at you from Dunferman's side? So what jumped out to me uh, was we got 14 games at home. That We're also one of the luckier sides. Obviously, how much home advantage will gonna be a factor in the season, I'm not too sure. We don't know if fans are going to be in immediately, of course. The Scottish Government have kind of suggested September time fans might be allowed back in, but whether all the fans will be allowed back in, not really sure. But certainly, I think in the Scottish Championship, any advantage you can get uh, is absolutely massive and certainly something that you need. Um, I think the Pars have got a fairly good start, even though, as you say, squads aren't exactly completed. We're playing at home to Inverness, as you say. They've lost a lot of their players uh, who who we were really kind of high on last year. We then 
uh, play part-time Aloha, who were a real credit to the league last year, uh, and then Queen of the South. So I think that's quite a good start. Uh, kind of lets us judge where we'll be. And I think a quick start, and especially in this season where there's nine less games than usual, is going to be absolutely huge. Um, I think we've got quite lucky as well that we only face Inverness and Queen of the South away once. So, so that's saving a few long journeys throughout the campaign. Uh, and I'm also delighted that we've managed to get home fixtures kind of around the festive period. I think it's Arbroath on Boxing Day and then Rafe Rovers uh, in the Fife Derby on the 2nd of January. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly chuffed with how things have panned out. We've also managed to get Hearts at home twice. Obviously, there's been a lot said about Hearts fans going to boycott championship games and stuff. But, I mean, I think if fans do turn up, that it's, it's quite a good money enough for clubs. And, obviously, great that the Pars are getting that twice rather than just the once. So, what do you think of Morton's fixtures? you happy with kind of how things have panned out? Yeah, it's quite similar to Dunfermline, actually, in terms of, like, 14 at home. Um, and including just one away trip to Inverness and Queen of the South. So looks as though both of our clubs got the good side of the random, in inverted commas, fixture generator. Um, again, the big one that jumped out at me is, is uh, and I think all fans of, of all the clubs in the league are, are going to be looking at this this in the fixture list, is Hearts away. Um, Morton, it falls on the February the, the 20th. Um, my birthday is February the 18th. Um, so obviously all my fingers are crossed that the, the fans are going to be allowed back in stadiums by then. So that I've got a little bit of a short walk to Tynecastle for a brilliant away day because, yeah, I moved uh, through to Edinburgh just before lockdown. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. And, and, yeah, like I said, totally hoping that I get to Tynecastle for that one because uh, I, I, I think there's been a lot of chat from Morton fans that a, a lot of us have never actually been to Tynecastle for away games because it's been an entire, basically, generation um, since we were in the same league or since we were drawn against each other in the Cup. So, again, that'll be... That'll be a good treat for us. Um, I mean, probably going to get smashed, but it'll be a great away day um, in Edinburgh for the fans. Um, I think the other things that, that stand out as well, talking about the first three, so obviously mentioned again, Aloha on the opening day, and that's at home. Uh, Dundee, tricky away trip on the second day, and then Air at home as well. Um, so not a bad opening three, um, but I think like you said as well, who knows what those two home games or what our 14 home games over the season are going to be like because we're not sure when fans are going to be allowed back in yet. I believe that there is going to be some kind of streaming service for the league, um, but there's been no details of that released yet. Obviously, we've still got a good while away until the, the fixtures actually come back in the first day of the season. is. So I'm sure we'll hear a little bit more about that uh, in the coming weeks. We wanted to touch on both of the new sides in the league didn't we Cammy? And, and give a bit of a welcome to hopefully some of the Hearts and Wraith Rovers fans that are listening to the podcast for I mean hopefully not the first time but potentially the first time. Yeah I mean as you say both new clubs Hearts coming down from the Premiership, Wraith Rovers up from League One and two quite interesting sides of course Hearts so far anyway haven't moved to kind of offload all these big earners. I've got lots of big names in that squad, Scotland Internationals in that team and I mean, before things kind of get underway, you'd think they are going to absolutely romp this league. Um, obviously, not ideal to kind of have the league kind of done and dusted, if you like, before before a ball's even been kicked. But, I mean, I think it's quite hard to look past a team, including the likes of Naismith, Boyce, Suter, Halkett uh, and Craig Gordon as well. And then they've obviously moved to a point. Uh, Robbie Nielsen is their manager. He's now back again. And 
He knows all about winning the championship. He'd done it with them previously and done it again last season with Dundee United. So, I mean, I think Hearts are certainly the team team to beat. We we tweeted out from the Pure Football uh, podcast Twitter account that uh, we, we kind of talked about their four forwards that they, they've got at the moment. Uh, we, we were kind of speculating that we think at least one of them will leave, don't we? But from the replies that we got, it seems like a bit of a lottery which one it would be. Obviously, you've got Uche, you've got Stephen Naismith, uh, Connor Washington, um, and then Liam Boyce as well. Yeah, I mean, as you say, there were kind of loads of mixed replies. When you look at Naismith, obviously, he's a bit older. Hearts probably wouldn't get a fee for him or would really struggle. He's probably the highest earner. Of course, they just bought Boyce in, in January, so I can't see him leaving unless it's for a good offer. Uh, Washington's another kind of recent recruit, and I'd imagine he's in a decent wage. And then Uchi kind of fell out of favour under Stendhal, but maybe maybe he might come back into the fold in the championship. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a real interesting one, but I can't see all of these big names that I'd kind of mentioned before, excluding the ones who've obviously just come in uh, in the kind of past few months, leaving. Uh, so as I say, with regards to Hearts, it does look like they're going to be the team to beat, and if they keep that team, that it looks like they'll win it at an absolute canter. But with a shortened season, who knows if if they make a slow start, that could that could be the end end for them. So yeah, look, uh, excited to kind of see what happens with Hearts. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you that last season it kind of seemed like Robbie Nielsen probably just needed to stick eleven bodies on the pitch at Dundee United, and they were by far the, in a way the best team in the division. Do you think that's probably going to be the case at Hearts this season in terms of sticking 11, 11 players on there and, and and winning the league at a canter? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Obviously, Dundee United had Lord Shankland last year who not wanting to call Dundee United a one-man one team or anything like that. They were far from that. But certainly having a, a striker who can score you 20-plus goals helps. But when you look at the kind of squad comparisons, as I mentioned earlier on, Scotland internationals and kind of other internationals in that Hearts team, the Hearts team is even better than Dundee United. So... So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Dundee United made that really, really good start. And then, granted, they tailed off, but that didn't really matter because they they got that far ahead that they could kind of afford to do that. But I don't quite think Hearts can really afford to do that, especially, as I said, because it's uh, the shortened season. Yeah, I think we're going to be touching on that shortened season point quite a lot um, when when the league gets going as well, aren't we? And we we talk about it because it is going to be so important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, As we've said, with teams kind of getting different a home and awaken a number of games. I think that that will play a big part. And quick starts will, and kind of consistency will be absolutely key. Um, the championship's known for for its craziness, really close. And I think, as I say, consistency is going to be absolutely key uh, in the upcoming season. What what do you think of Rafe Rovers then? Yeah, I think Rafe, like you said, I, I think it's it's going to be really interesting for them uh, this season. I've already been quite impressed with some of their early business. Um, getting a good chunk of that League One title-winning squad signed up uh, for this season as well. Uh, Gavin Owen on uh, the main Pure Football podcast uh, seemed to be really excited by Dylan Tate. So I think it'll be great to see what he can do at a championship level. Um, who the hell knows what, what someone called Emmanuelson Quado Opuku Duku uh, is going to be like, uh, especially looking at his career history to date. But that is the beauty of Scottish football, isn't it? He could be absolutely brilliant, or he could be utter guff. He, he, he could be, but one thing for sure is he, he's already won the name of the year in the championship because there's nothing beating that. That is an absolutely superb name 
Um, quite what he's going to have on the back of his top, I'm, I'm not overly sure. But yeah, a, a really quite quite a cool name. Um, I mean, I think you mentioned their signings. Kind of managed to re-sign a lot of the League One Championship winning side. And another player they picked up who me and you were both very impressed with last year was Jamie McDonald. Um, of course, he spent a period on loan at Alloa from Kilmarnock and was absolutely superb for them. Um, and, I mean, I think a lot of championship sides would have been vying for his signature, but the fact he's chosen to go to Rafe and go part-time, I mean, I think it says quite a lot about what Rafe are kind of planning to do. I don't think they're just wanting to be up and down. I think they're wanting to kind of do kind of what Alo and Arbroath have done in recent seasons, consolidate themselves as a, as a championship club again. And, yeah, certainly signings like McDonald will help them do that. Yeah, obviously, Reagan Tumulty's gone in uh, at Wraith as well. A bit of a, a strange time at Morton last season when he was out on loan at Dumbarton and then came back and looked really good at right-back. But, yeah, um, a little bit gutted that he's left, but um, a lot of Morton fans don't seem that gutted, so uh, it's a guaranteed stick-on that he's probably going to score against us um, this season. Let's move on to uh, Dunfermline. Uh Biggest thing for me that I wanted to ask you about is how you're feeling about losing your, your star man. I mean, I, I think it was pretty much inevitable that he was that he was going to depart the club. I mean, back in January, we'd rejected a few offers and it looked like he was probably going to go then. Granted, he, he never did. He stayed for kind of the, the little bit of the season before it got kind of curtailed. Um, but yeah, as I say, it was pretty much inevitable he was going. I'm going by the rumoured figures and sell-on fees we've seemingly got for him. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy that I've managed to kind of get him, especially during this kind of time in the world, which has greatly affected the kind of finances and football. So, so yeah, I mean, I really kind of sad to see him go. An absolutely fantastic striker, but strikers like him don't stick around in the league for all that long. Um, with the money we've uh, got from him, we have managed to recruit really well. And just before I kind of get on to that, um, at the kind of start, once the season kind of been stopped, we were, I think, the first or the second club to announce that we wouldn't be extending the contracts of players whose contracts were expiring at the end of the season. And we got absolutely hammered by this left, right and centre. Amy McDonald even took a dig at us. Um, yeah, it was it was quite crazy. Granted, that figure did include youth players. A lot of people didn't kind of understand that. But I'm strong of the belief that due to this decision, as hard as it would have undoubtedly have been, that's kind of what has allowed us to carry out the business that we have done. And I mean, I think... If things go well this season, we'll not even be thinking about that decision, and maybe other clubs will be regretting uh, kind of extending the contracts. A lot of clubs uh, will get on to what one of them a wee bit later on have kind of had to force players into taking wage cuts, and things have just got a wee bit kind of bad looking on the financial front. But the powers have kind of steadied the ship, and we've got a lot of money through donations, and this bit sale obviously helped as well. So, yeah, moving on to the recruitment, then uh, who have we brought in? Paul Watson on a free transfer, obviously an experienced head and part of the team that won the championship last year at Dundee United. Another experienced head in Stephen Whitaker, who is joining a player-coach capacity from Hibs on a, uh, on a free. Um, we've also brought in Owen Fawn Williams. He's our most recent recruit. He's also a player-coach. He's going to be a goalie coach as well as, as a presumably a first-team goalkeeper. And then the kind of big free signings, if you like, that we've made so far. Dom Thomas from Kilmarnock, undisclosed fee. Kevin O'Hara from Alloa, who I believe we paid some compensation for, and we brought Dick McManus back to the club. Um, and, oh, I must not also forget, Ian Wilson's coming on a free transfer as well. So, 
I mean, I'm I'm really happy with how things have went. I think we're maybe lacking in one or two areas, but there's still still a wee bit of time to get those kind of players in. Maybe maybe via the loan market or players might get freed depending on how the first few weeks of the Premiership season goes. So, so yeah, as I say, really chuffed with how things have went so far. Yeah, I've been quite impressed with some of your incoming transfers um, so far. I'm not entirely sure how much Stephen Whitaker left uh, has left in the tank, um, but obviously uh, O'Hara had a really good season last season for for Alloa. Uh, Dom Thomas came in on loan for you and and didn't really get that much time at the club, but what he did show was was pretty promising. I, I do have a question mark over Declan McManus, so like he, he's always been kind of prolific at League One level. Can he do it at the Championship? It's probably the big question. I had a quick look and he's never actually scored double figures uh, in a season in the Championship. Um, like I said, prolific at League One. He, he kind of fired Morton to the League One title a good few years ago now. Um, and yeah, obviously had a great season last season for Falkirk. But yeah, I'm, I'm, there's a question mark over that at the moment. Will, will O'Hara, Thomas and McManus replace Nisbet's goals? Potentially, but there's a wee question mark there for me at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think that's understandable. That is certainly something that has worried me and other Pars fans. Obviously, we know McManus from his previous spell, a complete workhorse and a really unselfish player, but a player who, as you say, kind of loses his scoring boots when playing in the championship. But obviously, after that season at Falkirk, maybe that's just going to be in the season he's needed to really find his goal-scoring form. I think that's his, possibly his best season to date. So... That that kind of might be him turning the corner. He he grabbed twenty three last year, and Kevin O'Hara grabbed fourteen. So I mean I think that's quite good to bring in two players who could maybe make up Nisbet's goals between them. Of course it's important to have goals spread across the team, not just relying on the one player. Kind of like we did for large spells of the season with Nisbet in the team. So so yeah, quite happy with that, and looking forward to seeing what Don Thomas can do uh, now he's here permanently. As you said came in, showed a lot of promise whilst on loan and was, was a real fan's favourite. So if he manages to kind of pick up where he left off, I, I mean, he's a top signing. Definitely. I'm going to quickly touch on Morton now as well. First thing I should say is that we should probably talk about the move to, to fan ownership with Morton Club together, taking over the club next summer. Um, I've been involved in MCT since it began last year and to be honest with you, it's actually been amazing to see how far that we've come and then since the announcement uh, from for uh, about the takeover, we've added uh, more than fifty percent onto our member total as well. Uh, on it, like so excited about what we can do, what's going to happen in the future. Loads of planning going on behind the scenes at the moment. Um, for for me and for a lot of the people that are involved and and kind of the volunteers uh, at MCT. Uh, one thing I, I need to try and remember not to rip into the club too much over the course of this season. Um, that being said, though. Um, it has uh, kind of only been the sound of silence coming from Capolo so far since since lockdown came in uh, until today. Uh, when we're recording this, it is uh, Wednesday the 5th. Uh, we've just found out that a chunk of last season's squad are staying at the club and Gary Oliver has rejoined the club alongside a new signing of Rabin Omar. For me, there's, there's a little bit of a negative in terms of we... We had to find out that, that Sir Nicky Cadden has left to join Forest Green Rovers. Uh, and we found that out from Forest Green Rovers. Uh, Queen's Park told us that Bob McHugh had signed for them. 
Uh, Wraith told us that Reagan Tumulty had joined them. Sam Ramsbottom posted an Instagram story of him putting together a highlights package in the hunt for a new club. Obviously, that, that didn't really take him very long. Um, uh, and Brian McLean was on a PFA released list earlier in the summer, but has now actually re-signed for the club as well. So I just think, I think Dave McKinnon, the CEO, was the only member of staff not on furlough during, during lockdown and during that period. But... Uh, more have started to come back over the last few weeks, but it just would have been nice to to communicate with the fans during that period and, and keep us all updated about what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, well, first of all, actually, congratulations on all the Morton Club Together stuff. Absolutely fantastic to see another club heading towards the fan ownership model, of course. Madden Fermlin are fan-owned, Hearts are in the process of becoming fan-owned, and there's a few other clubs kind of dotted around the... Scottish football and world are fan owned and I mean I think that's possibly the way forward for clubs so so great to see you guys kind of becoming fan owned um, with regards to your recent news I, I mean I completely agree it has been radio silence and I mean the statement today uh, was a very odd one all, all in one just a big massive statement rather than doing kind of a released players, new contracts, new signings and separate all in one I think he's added something like a new physio announced a new kit and I mean, I think it was just—it was quite a lot of information to take in. Um, but I mean, I think you're going to be delighted that it's news, whether whether you're entirely happy with the news or not. It, as I say, it's news, and I guess that's kind of the main thing for you. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I think Morton have still got quite a way to go with the squad building. Um, I am impressed they've managed to sign up Aidan Nesbitt again. He had been linked with the Pars for a wee bit, so and I think that's quite a big sign. And then whether he replaces Cadden or not. I'm not quite sure, but he, he will need to step up to kind of match that contribution. Um, yeah, as I say, some way to go, but I mean, maybe this is the start of news now starting today. Definitely, like you said, it's just it's just good to get a bit of clarity. Um, I, I would have done it differently personally, but um, yeah, it's it's great to get news, and the fans are obviously uh, buzzing about that as well, which is which is obviously good to see too. Let's quickly move on to, to Queen of the South. I don't think there's there's really much to say for them at the moment. Uh, it was about to be very similar to Morton until we got that that news today. Um, but I think they, they need, uh, looking at their squad, they need the most players in the division, I would say, basically a whole squad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's far from ideal, if I recall correctly. They were kind of in a similar position last year. Of course, the season was kind of just about starting this time. But at the end of the previous season, they'd kind of got rid of now the whole team. Johnson had obviously kind of come in near the end of it, kept them up and and then kind of went about building a squad. Obviously, they've managed to keep Stephen Dobby at the club. I think he recently signed a new contract. And I mean, he had a down, down year last year and it very nearly cost Queen of the South. Um, I mean, I think had the season continued, they, they could have well went down. They just... They just really weren't any good. They started the season absolutely fantastically, but when the kind of low knees like McCrory left in January, the kind of wheels fell off and things went terribly bad for them. So, I mean, I think they'll need to move quickly. A lot of the championship clubs who are building squads will be vying for the same players, as is the case every year. But especially when you're needing such a such a number of players, you do really need to kind of move quickly if you're wanting to kind of get the better ones Um or you're going to be stuck with quite a lot of draws who nobody else wants. and I mean, that's not a good sign. So, yeah, as I say, I think Stephen Dobby will need to be absolutely massive for them this season. Kind of find that form. They had a few seasons back where he scored about 40-odd goals in all competitions. 
But yeah, it's certainly not looking good for them at the moment. And at this very moment, I'm tipping them for relegation. But of course, as you say, teams are nowhere near complete. So I guess we need to wait for recruitment. But kind of based on how things ended and kind of how things look at the moment, it, it really isn't looking good. Yeah, I think that that was a worry for me in terms of the silence that we were getting from Morton as well. And that I was getting, I was seeing other clubs in the division, seeing other clubs below us as well. I mean, we plenty of other podcasts touch on the likes of, of League One and League Two, but you look at the Lowland League um, too, and they are splashing the cash um, this season. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that there's their Lowland League clubs are paying more than some of the Championship clubs this season. Absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah, no, neither do I. So the likes of Kelty, who are pretty local to me, really good club, been and seen them a few times from the pars of I've maybe not been playing um, East Kilbride again. I've, I've signed a few ex-Pars captain. Uh, Paul Payton ended up there. Um, lots of really kind of good signings. That a, a few championship clubs would have said, you went, ah, he, he's not a bad signing. So for the fact that in the 15th, they're managing to kind of convince these players, uh, I mean, I mean, I think it's good for the Scottish game, but I mean, it doesn't look good for many championship clubs who aren't able to convince these players to kind of stay in the second tier, they they seem quite happy to to drop down to the fifth division, get get a nice wage and play at a decent standard. I mean, I, I think it would be unfair to knock the Lowland League level. Lots of good teams there, and yeah, um, as you say, really interesting kind of uh, with the Lowland League. Yeah, and and the fact that the I mean, this is very relevant for Queen of the South now with the fact that they've not yet said who they're signing up for next season or whether they've bought any new players yet, but that that pool of players that is available in the in the country because we all know that there's very rarely kind of new incomings in the lower leagues of Scottish football and um, they all they all just kind of share the same player of uh, pool of players and th- that pool is getting much smaller the 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 more time that goes on and the closer we get and and Queen of the South I was getting worried for Morton obviously we've had that news today but Queen of the South need to, to need to move at some point yeah they they really do obviously I think kind of off the podcast we kind of looked at kind of release lists and stuff and whilst there's one or two players who can maybe do a job for most teams a lot of them are kind of players that you're kind of your last options if you like um or certainly that's how I'd see them if they were to join the pars and I'd imagine you'd feel similarly if they were to to rock up at Morton as well so so yeah uh Queen of South need to pull the finger out really quickly definitely um two clubs that, that did pull the finger out though are Aloha and Arbroath um Absolute credits to the league last season. Obviously, newcomers are, are both and then Aloha cementing their, their place again in the division. Been great to see them sign up the majority of their squads again for the coming season, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's only kind of been one or two exits for both sides. Aloha lost O'Hara to the Pars, and one that massively surprised me was Ian Flanagan retiring. Um, I think he's only 31 or 32, and I mean, last season he was one of the best championship midfielders, so. So, I mean, there's two big players that they really need to kind of find a, a replacement for. There was a report from the Aloha Advertiser earlier on today stating that Peter Grant's kind of looking at premiership level for reinforcement. So, I mean, I think that's fantastic for a club like Aloha to be looking at players like that. But the report did say that the kind of deals or potential players they could go for, it's kind of been complicated by the fact a lot of these players did play in the Premiership this past weekend um, due to the kind of new substitution rules in place. So, I mean, I think it's great ambition from Aloha that they are kind of targeting maybe fringe players at Premiership level who will almost certainly manage to do a job uh, for them. Um, 
With regards to our growth, off the top of my head, I can't really think of any big losses. I've managed to keep uh, Bobby Lynn, who was obviously brilliant, and managed to keep uh, Tam O'Brien, who, who, like Lynn, was, was one of the star performers last season. They've actually signed him up to a new contract until, well, I think, 2024. So, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine there were a few championship clubs sniffing about him, but the fact have, uh, sorry, our growth have managed to convince him to commit his long-term future is huge. Yeah, absolutely massive. I, I thought he was probably the best centre centre back in the division last season, and uh, I think there'd be a, a pl- there would have been plenty of clubs looking to to snap him up this summer. But incredible business from Marlborough to get him snapped up on 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 and on such a, a big contract as well. Uh, not something you see our level two. Obviously, two year deals maybe normally the max, but I think like you said, it maybe was a I think it was a three year deal uh, that that he signed up on. So yeah, incredible business from Marlborough. Um, let's move on and touch on air um, as well. They similarly have managed to get a decent number of last season squad signed up. Uh, they've added Patrick Redding, who I think is a left back. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Cami. Um, and Dario Zanata as well, who I think might uh, be a great signing for air. I think we've we've seen air kind of develop that type of player over the last few seasons, haven't we? In terms of thinking the likes of Alan Forrest, and then last season Luke McCowan was on fire as well. That kind of attacking midfielder, wide player coming inside. I think Zanata could be really good in that air setup. Yeah, I mean, as you say, lots of players signed up. They did lose Alan Forrest to Livingston that was kind of known for a few months and Zanata is a player who a few seasons ago on loan at Aloha was a really promising prospect and at Partick Thistle last year it really didn't work out he looked really kind of lazy and d- didn't really turn up so I mean I think as you say our uh, air do can have a cha- uh, a really good track record for getting kind of players careers back back on the kind of right path obviously Lon Shankland kind of bounced around a few clubs air took him and now look at him um, obviously you mentioned Redden signed um, I'm trying to think who else have added to their team I know Michael Moffat signed another new deal he is someone that we are big fans of um, really good kind of kind of link between the midfield and the attack um, maybe doesn't score as much as he used to but certainly a key figure for for them yeah I think the, the, one of the important things for me and, and you touched on Forrest leaving there but I think it'll be interesting to see how they recruit to compensate for the players that they've lost as well, because um, Stephen Kelly obviously now gone uh, gone up, and I think it's uh, Ross County that he's on loan at. Um, you've got Ross Doon just signing for Ross County as well. We obviously knew Ross Doherty was leaving for Partick Thistle uh, in January as well, and then Daniel Harvey's gone down south too. So that's uh, I make that five key players from air last season and uh, that is like I said they've got a decent number of last season squads signed up but they have lost a big chunk of it as well yeah it's, it's five five big losses as you say and it'll be interesting to kind of see the players that they they target because they like the rest of the teams kind of still building the teams sorry still building their teams they'll all be in that kind of same pool of players whether air can I continue to go for the kind of signings down south? I know they went kind of that route with a few of the, the loan signings uh, last season. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see Harvey, you mentioned, was a, a really good player. We were both massively impressed with him. He's earned himself a move to MK Dons. And, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a tricky one to find five kind of level replacements for these players. But as air have shown in the few seasons in the league, they're able to consistently find players who've maybe been cast aside or not not really valued by other clubs, but they seem to have a real, I, I don't know what it is, but they just seem to manage to get them to play really well. And of course, this will be 
Mark Kerr's uh, first full season in charge of the club, so it'll be interesting to see how things differ. Obviously, I took over from Ian McCall when he departed for Partick Thistle, so see, it'll be interesting to see what he kind of does in his first season in charge, whether he continues to play. I know we'd noticed when he wasn't playing, things didn't go quite as well, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he takes a step back and becomes more of the manager, or if he continues to play and kind of tries to take on the, the Doherty role. Um, yeah, so interesting and looking forward to seeing what they'll be doing. Definitely. Um, let's move on to, in fact, let's touch on Inverness uh, before we, we touch on Dundee. I think they, again, I think you, you mentioned it earlier on in the podcast, but, but they've been quiet so far in this summer too, uh, along similar lines to, to Queen of the South. Yeah, I mean, the, about the, the only real kind of news is about two fantastic kits. Uh, the away kit's a fantastic pink number. Um, but other than that, it's it's not been great. I can't recall any signings. And in terms of outgoings, they've lost several of that team who served them really well last year. Sean Rooney moved to, is it St. Johnston? Um, Jordan White's at Motherwell. Um, Tom Walsh has still got a, not, not got a club either. Yeah, so they've got quite a lot of work to do, but yeah, it's a it's a strange one. Obviously, Carl Tremarco also left Inverness, kind of thought, oh, he's not good enough or whatever, and he somehow managed to get himself a move to the Premiership with Highland rivals Ross County. But yeah, a, a an interesting one there. Obviously, I think it's quite difficult for like Inverness to convince players up there. Of course, we see a lot of moves kind of between Inverness and Ross County and kind of the teams up there. Um, so yeah, I, I think they they'll be in with quite a difficult task of replacing a lot of these players. Um, but if if the kind of past few seasons have shown anything, John Robertson's a fantastic manager. And I think any Inverness fans worrying do have to certainly show trust in him because he's shown what he can do and he's managed to consistently have them kind of challenging up at the top, even if they've not won the title. Or of course, they've not. But yeah, consistent championship playoff uh, finishes. So yeah. Interesting to see if they'll manage to keep that kind of run going this season. I was really surprised that, that John Robertson didn't get the Hearts job. Uh, obviously, nobody really not saw Robbie Nielsen. Uh, nobody really saw that coming. But yeah, I thought John Robertson, in terms of the job that he's done at Inverness over the last few seasons, would have been a, a, a stick on for the Hearts job this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we said that like kind of when the Nielsen appointment was made, we did kind of question why Robertson wasn't appointed. I think they did that. Hearts said done a kind of social media campaign where it was like a daily John Robertson or something. And I think it was you who suggested they're going to, kind of on the final day of this, they're going to say, oh, John Robertson's the manager. But yeah, obviously that was a real surprise. And I mean, I think he, he might regret not, well, obviously whether Hearts went in for him or not, he might regret not moving on because it, things are looking a bit difficult with all the players have lost. But as I say, a fantastic manager. And if anyone's going to be able to get Inverness kind of back and, competitive again it'll be him so so yeah let, let's see what they do definitely and we uh, need to see what Dundee do as well um, a bit of a worrying summer financially for the club but it looks to be levelling off a little bit now um, they have made some moves for a couple of players so Danny Mullen and uh, Lee Ashcroft are in while Andrew Nelson we know is off and Kane Hemmings is rumoured to be following him out the door as well that's just coming out today as well isn't it Cammy? Yeah, I mean, Hemmings um, is seemingly about to leave by mutual consent um, and for personal reasons and the reports that kind of came out today had said he's going to head back to England where where I think it was Burton Albion were mentioned as being interested in him. Um, 
Dundee had, as you mentioned, kind of a dodgy kind of financial summer. They extended the contracts to players and then very quickly were requesting players to take wage cuts. And Temmings was one of the ones who was quite against taking the wage cut. And whether that's kind of the reason behind this, he's not wanting to take the cut or or what. But yeah, as you say, things are looking a wee bit better. Maybe these kind of wage cuts and getting Hemmings wages off the books could kind of could have helped them out. I think Danny Mullins are a really good signing, if I recall correctly. He done really well at St Mirren eh, a few seasons back in the Championship, and obviously I know Lee Ashcroft well from his time at the Pars. And I mean, I think he, I think he's a solid pickup for Championship level. Um, I did say quite a lot on last year's pod that Ashcroft's performances have maybe dipped a little, especially compared to prior to being the captain of the club. Of course, Paul Payton was handed down band last year, but. Ashcroft never really recovered. He did have a few good moments, especially that Zinedine Zidane-esque volley against Ayr. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they're two good signings. They've still got a wee bit more to do, but they've managed to keep a lot of the kind of good players that, that they had from last year. Um, Declan McDade had kind of started well, and I think he kind of tailed off near the end, but he's a player that me and you are both fans of and know how, how good he can be on his day. They've still got Sean Byrne, who, again, another really good midfielder. Um, Paul McGowan as well, still there. Um, another another good one then, obviously, a pure championship favourite. Finlay Robertson's going to be another year older, so looking forward to seeing how he features in the upcoming campaign. Definitely. I, I, I think we uh, probably don't want to touch on the argument that uh, ensued in the pure football uh, group chat between you and Gav on Lee Ashcroft, but we'll, we'll maybe just leave it there and, and reveal that another day. Um, Cammy, before we go, I want to ask you one final question. What do you think about the the loan signings in the league now? Um, because uh, it's been touched on a few times, but obviously the clubs in the Premiership can can have nine subs on the bench now and make five of them. Do you think that will impact loan signings at this level? Yeah, I think it ought to. Obviously, when I'd mentioned uh, Aloua, obviously a lot of the players they'd been looking at, that that's obviously affecting them. And I think that will affect a lot of clubs the Pars were fortunate to get the likes of Dom Thomas and Greg Kilty from Kilmarnock last year and stuff, but this season, if it, if they, they probably wouldn't have got them on loan, and I think loan deals, if, if clubs are able to get loan deals, it, they'll they'll be the kind of the best of the the best of the rest of the players who aren't featuring, and there won't be kind of many of them, as you say, nine nine players now able to be sitting on the bench, five of them are able to be used, so it doesn't leave many over for especially for squads who aren't like your Celtic and Rangers who have 50 or 60 players at the club who they can quite easily rely on. There's lots of teams out there who are just kind of reaching the bare minimum, uh, including all those. So, so yeah, interested to kind of see what what loan signings are made. I think we certainly will still see loan signings. I think they, they're kind of given. And every year, kind of as the season kind of begins, kind of near the end of the window, players who haven't played all that much, they will be pushing for moves. That, that won't be any different, but... I think the number of loans actually has increased, but I mean I can't see many clubs filling that filling that quota. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one because I, I don't think it's been confirmed anywhere yet. But there is heavy rumours that there's there's not going to be any reserve or development kind of leagues running, uh, or if there is, it's going to be minimal teams getting involved in that. Obviously, more today have revealed that they're not going to be running any any teams in those leagues anyway. And I think other clubs have probably already come out and said that too. So that already kind of decreases the number 
of squads and especially if that happens at premiership level too then there's going to be less players uh, and maybe if there's there's players already on those books that means they're, they're not going to be playing as regularly but obviously you see what rangers are doing in the likes of their kind of B team structure where they just take the young boys off and, and play them against the likes of Man City and, and uh, other European teams and things like that. So maybe there's there's going to be, I think there'll be less loan signings, but I think it'll be interesting to see who they actually are. That's us. We just wanted to, to come back, do a, a quick podcast, rounding up a few things that we've spotted from around the league and obviously touching on the fixtures. Um, we're not going to be back regularly yet. Um, clubs are obviously just sporadically filling out their squads make sure that you follow Pure Football on Twitter uh, we are starting to tweet out much more about the championship and what's going on uh, around the league. Cami, anything else to add before we head off? Um, just thank you for the support last season, we've got big plans for this season which are, which we'll keep in the pipeline for now but there are things that me and Chris have worked on for quite a while and things that we really think will be able to take the podcast to the next level and kind of make this, if it isn't already, the go-to place for your championship news, absolutely everything, because there's big plans and hopefully you, you the listener, are kind of here to, to witness them. Definitely, and if that wasn't exciting enough for you, then uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this one and, and we'll see you again next time.